Welcome to the slab. Today's guest is Pete Manos. Happy to be here. <laughs> this is the uh, inaugural episode. Cheers, Pete. Cheers. It's a good time. Um, so I guess since this is the first episode, I can't just do the bare bones intro. Um, normally, I'll just say this is the slab. My guest is X or I guess N if you're a mathematician. True. <laughs> um, but the slab is just a podcast where I hang out with one other person and we talk about anything that person is interested in, anything that they know at all. They can educate me. We have idea sex. Oh, idea sex. I will have idea sex with every person that comes in here. Is there a better type? <laughs> I uh, mean, I can I can think of one kind of sex that might be better than idea sex. So can I. I can think of several if you really um, if you put a gun to my head. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, anyways, um just move this i'm sorry about the the sound but pete has a variety of interesting interests should i say and hobbies and different things like that and i'm sure we'll be able to delve into all of them but i think definitely one of the most important which i will be writing in this description is that you fucking dive <laughs> i'm a very avid scuba diver i just <laughs> crossed into i think i reached 20 25, Tw- 25 dives done dives. on that's this most recent escapade, which is going to feature prominently in our conversation today, I believe. But, and honestly, that's almost nothing. One of the women I was diving with, she crossed 300. 300 dives. Like over, I think maybe 350. But, like, she crossed over, like, a big milestone. Like, a lot of dives on this trip. Is that, like, is, is it her job? Is she an instructor? No, she's just them? a really avid diver. She's... I don't don't believe she's married or anything. Like she, th- she doesn't like she definitely doesn't have kids. I don't think so. Yeah, no, she just this is what she likes to do. Her kid is the ocean. Yeah, exactly. That's her children, those fishes. That's how I feel when I'm on a boat. <laughs> That's crazy. So okay, did you do more than one dive when you were there? Or was it just we, we were able to do seven dives. And this uh, was in Australia. In Australia. In Australia. On, on the Great Barrier Reef, we were doing incredible. A, we were doing a type of diving called a liveaboard boat, which is basically like, you, there are different levels and we were doing a relatively cheap one, but it's basically a cruise where all you do is go diving. And so we we're bu- on like a dedicated diving boat. It's got like the diving setup and everything, like it air pumps to refill tanks, hit it, everything. But uh, it's also like a really shallow boat, so you can get right up by the reefs where they get kind of shallow, but that makes it rock a lot. So a bunch of people were seasick. Yeah. I'm lucky enough in that I don't really get seasick. Did the did the woman with 300 dives get seasick? Nope. Okay, that would like if she that would be her Achilles heel, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh well, I guess luckily enough for her she doesn't or she took whatever medication she needed. You can take seasickness medication and Oh yeah. Yeah, like one guy like there are patches you can get, like he would wear a patch behind <laughs> his ear every day cuz he got seasick and Behind the ear. Yeah. Why behind the ear? I I don't know. Uh, Actually, but, wait. I assume it's probably because your balance, like your f- balance fluids, are in your ear. That's. I ha- I wouldn't even want to speculate on, on how they work, because <laughs> one thing I've realized is how little I know about these things. That's crazy. With thirty dives, you yeah, know, very little. Yeah. So like anyway, in the grand sc- compared to like ninety percent of the population, that's a lot of dives. That's Com- what I was gonna say. Yeah. Compared to people who like dive, that's not that many. But. Like, it's interesting. Like, I'm still early enough in it that I can feel myself getting better at diving. 
how do you like how do you measure that? Because it's just like you go down and come back up. But the, I, I'm sure it's far more difficult than that. It's not exactly hard. Like it's not hard, hard. But there are some things you need to know how to do. Like one, like the single hardest thing and the single, in my opinion, best mark of a good diver is buoyancy control. Okay, could you explain that? So, especially diving in salt water, you just float on salt water. Like, if you ever right, go swimming right. in the ocean, you'll probably just float on top with basically no difficulty at all. It's like people reading books in the Dead Sea. Like, they're just lying kind of on their back floating. Exactly. So, so basically, you wear a weight belt, so you sink. So, I had three weights, and each weight's, I think, one and a half kil- kilograms. And, yeah, so anyway, I was diving with four and a half kilos on me and then since with that you would sink and you have a big tank strapped to your back then you have a vest that you wear so here let me just go through all the gear you will usually have yeah because right now I'll, I, all i can say is like the mask the mouthpiece the tank and the wetsuit and fins yeah but there, it sounds like there's more than just that yeah so the main thing is like this actual like scuba part like the part that brings the air to your mouth is your tank and your regulator and what they call an octopus. What uh, the fuck is the, an octopus? The octopus has four tubes that go to various things. So attached to your octopus will be your main respirator, your main uh, regulator. Then you always have a backup regulator. And then one of them will connect to, at the very least, an air gauge. Okay. Often that air gauge will include either a depth meter or a dive computer and today there was also a comp and in these previous dives that i was just doing there's also a compass for navigation underwater which is actually pretty hard and, oh, but yeah. we can yeah, we can I'm get sure. into that in a bit because you have like three dimensions story about you don't just have it's not just walking yeah 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 the three dimensions part does take a bit of getting used to but <coughs> and so then the final tube go hooks up to a vest you wear which is called your bcd or buoyancy control device okay and basically what that is is like an inflate it's basically an inflatable life vest like so you inflate it and deflate it depending like on how you want to adjust your buoyancy but it's not like you're constantly inflating and deflating it you want to inflate it to a point where you become just about neutrally buoyant and then you control your buoyancy with your breathing what the fuck wait 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 so So you want to get the amount of air in your vest and a lot of things can influence it. Like, as you get deeper, you need to put more air into it if you descend a lot because buoyancy is based on water displacement, not any sort of mass or anything. And so mm. as you get deeper, the air and the pressure of the water increases. It puts more pressure onto the air. Your vest will shrink as you go deeper. Oh, I see. It's the I same see. thing if you're wearing a wetsuit. There are little bubbles in the neoprene, which is what wetsuits are made of. It's basically rubber with a bunch of tiny little bubbles in it. As you get deeper, those will compress, and so that can change your buoyancy. So, someone wearing a wetsuit is more buoyant than someone not wearing a wetsuit? Yes. Yeah, I mean, not hugely, but it... But it helps. It does contribute to buoyancy. And so, anyway, and so, the real mark of a good diary... So, buoyancy, while you're underwater, basically, you adjust your BCD until you are neutrally buoyant. And so, basically, when you're neutrally buoyant, if you inhale you should rise and if you exhale you sink so you're kind of like a yeah, like, going up and down like in yeah and then you just learn to manage it and like it's not like rapid like if you take a big breath it like takes a second to start ri- rising and so and like if you exhale it takes a second to start falling 
so it's not like it's like a constant like bobbing up and down but by and large you control your depth and your buoyancy by breathing that's so crazy i feel like i would see a shark and i would start hyperventilating and then i would just like start going up and down and up and down really quickly and then i would just be like freaking the fuck out yeah it it gets a bit we did a couple of what are called swim throughs so like there were a couple like tunnels we could swim through and those are probably the single hardest thing to do because if you bash your bank against some your tank against some coral <laughs> holy you're gonna, shit you're gonna break some coral and then you feel like an asshole because you oh just... i i thought it's like your tank breaks no and then no you're those you could whack the tanks with a hammer and they're probably gonna be fine so like the jaws scene where they shoot the tank is bullshit well i mean if you shoot it it's gonna <laughs> but, no the tanks are big old things made of steel so like that's not really that big of a concern like those breaking it's more like what you could break with your tank like, okay. if you bash it into, like, some, like, branching coral or something like that, you could... And they're already running low on coral anyways nowadays. Yeah, it's actually... It surprises a lot of people. I know it surprised me the first time you go down how much dead coral you see at the bottom no matter where you're diving. Really? Yeah, there's, like, just piles of, like, dead coral all over the place at the bottom of the ocean. I guess, because... you know what? It's like when you walk outside and you see sticks yeah, and exactly. pine cones. Like, that's what they're the trees of the, I mean, kelp and seaweed. But, you know, coral is part of that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, like, coral breaks all the time. There are fish that break coral to eat it. Like Assholes. Cor- exactly. <laughs> Fucking assholes. So, yeah, so that's, it's like when you see vast, like, patches of dead coral that you have a problem. But, like, you'll see, like, living coral just being among like a layer of dead coral so that's Hmm. that in itself isn't that catches people off guard and that's normal like there's interesting when you dive you're gonna see some just broken dead coral at the bottom see all this buoyancy stuff makes so much more sense because i remember just like being young and going to like you know the pool and just you you know when you get the 10 foot depth and you try to dive down like your eyes start hurting because there's pressure you can start to hear your heartbeat and shit Mm mm-hmm so I guess this makes a lot of sense. Is it's just like that's like the buoyancy of trying to like force me back up. I'm ten feet underneath. You got to swim pretty hard. Yeah, and then there's like stuff like you need to equalize the pressure in your ears, and you do that when you're with, going with, a, down. with a patch behind your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an equalization patch. No, you, <laughs> like if for any of our listeners who want to give it a try on their own, you can just hold your nose and then you exhale through your nose and you'll feel the pressure increase in your ears oh yeah i would do that but i had a sinus infection a week ago yeah so, so that might not be the greatest move prob- and probably would hurt me you can't really dive if you have like a head cold if you're congested that basically puts an end to your diving because you can't equalize and what, it starts what, what if hurt. you have a uh, deviated septum as long as you can equalize your ears you'll be fine okay maybe i'll give it a maybe i'll give it a shot one day yep. maybe we'll we'll go to uh go back to australia Mm-hmm. actually the best diving i've done wasn't in australia the, the diving was very good but the best diving i've done was in grand cayman so you give australia diving like a four out of five on yelp yeah like four and a half it was the diving was very good what made uh grand cayman better because it wouldn't the great barrier reef just be like that's like the holy grail right i mean like the great barrier reef there are reefs all over the place it's just that the great barrier reef is really huge is it like how Boston generally is a city with more character than New York, but New York is just fucking huge? Yeah. Yeah, that that could be a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, so also the water is incredibly clear in Grand Cayman. Uh, which Australia is all polluted. I mean, visible, like it has less to do with pollution and more just like currents. Currents are stronger by the Great Barrier Reef than there are most so they, okay. parts by Grand Cayman, so that kicks up 
stuff from the bottom and so visibility was good like you wouldn't say it was bad but like in grand cayman like you can see for like a long time especially if conditions are good and so but like the water was warmer in australia at least at the time of year i was there i was just there and it is the 15th of january yeah so yeah. it's it's summertime over there yeah so it's the middle of summer in australia so jesus christ yeah it was, it was pretty toasty but yeah so we so um there you don't dive that deep at the great barrier reef it's pretty shallow mm-hmm. and which is good because you use less air the shallower you dive because the point oh, of breathing okay. the reason you just don't breathe through a hose connected to the surface is that the water pressure puts pressure on your lungs mm-hmm. and that means if you like if you try to like breathe through like a hose like even just like a few feet under the water it's going to be really hard if not impossible to breathe the further you get down because okay. the pressure of the water is just gonna be pushing in on your chest because I mean, breathing is just your your rib cage like moving and like just creating a negative pocket of pressure on your lungs. Exactly. So okay. So it, your body can't really compensate for that very deep. So that's why you breathe pressurized air when diving and not just through a hose to the surface. I always thought it was just because you could put more air in a tank like that. I mean, that that helps too, but <laughs> but the uh, the real reason is because like it it helps you out so that your lungs, your rib cage doesn't get crushed. Yeah, exactly. Damn, water's crazy. It's it, it's so crazy that like, honestly, human beings as awesome as we are, we kind of fucking suck. Like we're pretty much limited to the highest we've ever gotten is like the Burj Khalifa, right, yep. off the ground, and the lowest we've ever gotten is like we needed a submarine, but without buildings and without scuba equipment there's like that one tribe in the uh um in the philippines i believe in the philippines i believe i was gonna say indonesia i'm not sure but they like have special adaptations like they can see underwater and stuff like much more clearly so let's say they're the pinnacle of like free diving without a tank and they can go maybe 50 feet under the water i think right yeah i I don't know exactly and then what like the the tallest you know, vertical that any person has had, or I guess climbing a mountain without assisted oxygen would be the limit. And that would probably be like the Sherpas in Nepal, right? Cause they're mm-hmm. used to breathing or maybe some crazy fucker in Colorado, right? That's about it. We're limited. Birds can fly. You've got squids down at negative 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of suck, but we got iPhones, right? Yeah, exactly. And we can adapt ourselves like through technology to compensate. That's for true. Those I mean, David Cameron went to the, the bottom of the ocean yeah exactly crazy motherfucker but uh yeah so anyway so that that's the basics of diving equipment and buoyancy and so like i was saying the real sign of like a good diver is being able to control your buoyancy really well because you you use less air the better you are controlling your buoyancy because like if you're not good you're you're breathing in like over and over again quickly to try to, to try to compensate and it. like move yourself up and down but if you get good at it like you can do it in a much more calm manner and then you can you use less air you can stay down for longer that's interesting meditation yeah, yeah exactly and you you do get pretty zen while you're down there as long as you don't have anything to worry about like you just it's amazing it's like flying and like really you, yeah, oh 
because Fuck, like bro. you can like swim over the top like you can almost think of like reefs as like forests and you just swim over the top and you can look down and like there's large fish down to like these tiny fish swimming through the coral and it's amazing isn't there that phenomenon too that the further down you go you get like fucked up yeah that's called a uh, narcosis okay and that is a metal ass name yeah that's no. awesome and that's not really an issue at the depths at which we were diving so they call it martini's law okay okay and it's basically your level of impairment is equivalent to one drink every like 33 feet or like 10 meters so you're saying i go down 30 meters i'm lit and i'm flying over a forest man i think i've got to go diving with you i gotta get yeah. certified i this sounds unbelievable i've only felt it like once and that was <laughs> down at about like 100 feet holy shit and down there actually on that dive i got to like i think like 112 which was technically deeper than i was legally allowed to go but eh. the police are coming Pete. Yeah, all right little do you know that the fcc will listen to this whole cast and they will pick out all the laws that we've broken i only broke grand cayman laws there's, there's no laws in grand cayman that's where people put all their fucking money that's where like you always you ever watch those true crime shows where it's like mm -hmm. this dude murders 15 people and then he just moves to another country and he's just like fine yeah it's like what the hell cayman island says extradition to the u.s but there's some in the pacific that don't that's unbelievable they could live in somewhere in like micronesia maybe I, i'm exactly. not sure if that's where it is i don't want a bunch of serial killers showing up on someone's door and you know like kiribati but you know yeah and Granted, if you're, like, a murderer murderer, like, they might go get you, but, like, it's mostly for, like, people, like, commit white-collar crimes. They'll Epstein you. They'll find you in fucking Samoa, and they'll kill you. Yeah. Honestly, no, the Samoans will kill you. They'll be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, this murderer is here, just yeah. showing up. Just ruining our chill-ass island. <laughs> That's true. It's crazy that, like, they that, that people in general has spread. Like, there's Samoans everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, Australia... The U.S. is a lot of Samoans. It's just like when you think about it, it's such a small nation, and they, they made it out there thousands of years ago on boats. Yeah, like it's in their blood to just be like, "Yo, we're just gonna go adventure, mm -hmm. and travel." That's really cool. Yeah, I think um, one thing I learned is that Australian Aboriginals are, I think, the single longest like continuous like lifestyle like people. Oh wow! Like they're been there for like, I think conservatively at least 20,000 years and maybe up to like 40,000 years Damn. and they live for basically like one like <laughs> civilization if you will and granted they were mostly tribal during that time but w one uh one group like one basically fairly continuous lifestyle for all that time and then the British came they fucked everything up <laughs> shot the emus lit the whole place on fire as they want to do but uh i mean they essentially created a penal colony i mean yeah that was the literal intended purpose of it it yeah. was basically right after the american revolutionary war oh really that was and, when it was uh and they couldn't ship that. convicts off to the u.s anymore and so they're like well shit we better find somewhere else that's then. because they shipped all the criminals out to the u.s and what happened was we started dumping product into the ocean we said we wanted freedom and shit and they're like well that worked out great the first time mm-hmm so at least it was nonviolent when the australians became independent that's true yeah the, the, the american revolution was when you think about it, it was hardcore oh yeah it was like yo you know those british like that employ you and stuff and feed your family yeah well they're pretty fucking corrupt right it's like yeah the taxes are kind of high and there's a lot not a lot of good rights 
Like, Fuck them. The Boston Massacre, people forget, like, people were just were getting shot in the streets for throwing snowballs at soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and the people who were doing it were like, it was like Crispus Attucks was the first guy killed in the Boston Massacre. And he was like, I believe he was a business owner or he worked at like a printing press. He was like a legit dude. He was like in his 20s or 30s, like with a job and kids. And they just killed him because he was like, fuck these guys. That's, I feel like that's what's insane. Did Canada have like that? Because I know they still have like the queen on their money. No, I, I believe Canada's separation was much more pleasant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they still have, like, the reputation. Like, I, bu- I forget if com- Canada's Commonwealth or not. I think they are. Like, Okay, interesting. Yeah, like, the Commonwealth is actually a group of a whole lot of countries that are former... Isn't South Africa part of it? Yeah, that? South Africa's Commonwealth. I believe India's technically Commonwealth. Wild. Yeah, and, like, Grand Cayman is Australia's. I forget. I th- The Cook Islands. Yeah. I've got, I mean, all over the place. There's, like, a grand total of three countries that... Britain hasn't invaded or at least tried to. It's like Ethiopia, South Sudan because it's brand new, and um, I think maybe some areas in like Central Asia. That's what I thought, but they had Hong Kong um, for a while too as like a way. Huh. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But I know that I believe South Sudan's the only country in the world the Queen of England can be charged with a crime. And that's only because they've been a country for, I believe, less than 10 years or maybe just about 10. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. People are still making new countries. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, because the borders were drawn by somebody else. So they've got to be corrected over time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, things will correct themselves eventually. Things. Speaking of correcting themselves, um, these fires in Australia, that's insane. I've, I've been like talking to people because we're relatively young for sure. Yeah, I was talking to people and I was like, like especially my parents. I asked them like, when you guys were, you know, younger, were there ever natural disasters on this level? And they said like there were earthquakes and stuff, but they said like this kind of fire, like the Amazon and Australia and all of this, this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that a lot of people outside Australia haven't realized, and granted, news of the fires didn't really reach the U.S. like in a major way, like them being like. Everybody heard, like, oh, yeah, there's some bad wildfires going on in Australia. But noise of just, like, news of just how incredibly devastating. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, it's an area the size of, I think, Ireland at this point. I I, I heard Belgium. So, Ireland, I think, is slightly bigger than Belgium. So, it's spreading. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're massive. And I believe the Amazon is still on fire. Yeah, the Amazon is, like, the fires in the Amazon are, like, a quarter of the size. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's still going. That's, yeah. what, that, that's the thing. There's just fuel. The whole thing is fuel for the fire. It's just fungus and trees and animals. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. So, yeah, but the fires didn't affect me too badly while I was there. Unfortunately, like, we were able to, like, smell smoke in Sydney. Mm-hmm. A couple of times there was like one specific night we were by the opera house. They do like projections on the opera house at n- night, like just with like various things. They play music. It's very nice. The projections was it like? Could you see anything particulate in the air when they were doing these projections? Oh, there was not particulate, but there was smoke. It's like a like a Minecraft beacon, yeah, just shining up <laughs> into the sky. That's yep. unbelievable. But no, like there was actively like smoke. You could smell it. <clears throat> 
Because like, so, some cities are just naturally smoggy. Like a lot of European cities are like that because they haven't retrofitted heating, so they still burn a lot of coal. Mm-hmm. So like some cities get smoggy like during the winter. But I, Australia is such a relatively young nation in terms of its developed parts. Obviously not the aboriginal, like the, the classic traditional cultures. So it makes me think like they probably have just air conditioning and stuff. Yeah. They, I heard them call them the original owners or the original stewards of the land. That's, that's a very respect, respectful, like good way to put it. The, like, like these guys are the original. Yeah. We need to respect them. Yeah. That's so cool. That's the way I most, or some variation similar to that. That's how I most often heard the aboriginals described. We didn't really go see any of the, like, aboriginal, like, specific, like, cultural things. Because stuff like that's always felt vaguely exploitive. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I know to what me, you mean. Like, and granted, like, it's a way that, like, the aboriginals make money. So, like, it's them doing it. But to me, it's always just felt, like, vaguely, like, I'm going to look at people in a zoo interesting and interesting. so yeah i would yeah I, I i definitely agree with that um because i don't think there's anywhere in the u.s that's like that where you just go and watch you know what i mean i don't think so like i mean a lot of like native american reservations will like and there's nowhere that you just like go watch them like they'll like show you like a traditional dance like there were things we could go where we'd go be taught how to like properly throw like a boomerang see and like get your face painted traditionally and that as interesting as it would be to like take in the culture in that way it did it would just feel vaguely like invasive yeah invasive like i'd be somewhere like it's like that it'd be like you're just working at your like office job like these people come in from like another country and they're just like look at him look at him just sit there yeah exactly or so, like if someone from like japan just saw you sleeping on an elevated bed and they're like look at the western bed you know mm-hmm. it's like what <laughs> yeah exactly so like I am of two minds about it because in one sense it is like that's how a lot of them will make a living like right, is right. by and like I, it's not that there's anything wrong with them like because it's also a learning opportunity you learn about the different culture and like the various sure. aspects of it but it's mostly just on a personal level to me like there's just a level of like it feels artificial yeah I get that. So, yeah, it just, we had limited time there, so it wasn't something I was especially, like, you weren't interested uh, in up in arms about doing that. Let me see if I can uh, get this away from the interference, because I heard that coming in. Yeah, the, the slab studio is quite literally in my garage, so. The slab itself is the garage. The slab itself is the garage, actually. The slab it's our clubhouse. is the name of the second floor of the garage. I built this room with my dad. This was like our idea. We insulated it and we just put a bunch of shit in here. And now it works pretty well as a studio. Power's a little dirty. I'm going to get a power conditioner for it, but we have heating. We have AC. Don't tell the city that, though. We've broken a few laws on the show already. Oh, yeah. This thing, people break laws all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like everyone is speeding every day. Oh, yeah. All the time. People don't speed in Australia. Like. What? Basically, like, the punishments, if you got if you get caught speeding, are strict. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like in Montana. 
the speed limits are very high in Montana. Like, like 80. Yeah, yeah the yeah, speed yeah. limits will say like South, 80. South Dakota is like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or like mountain like roads, mm-hmm. speed limits 80. And so they're like, okay, look, we'll let you drive fast. Whatever. We're letting you do it. Don't do it more. Don't push it. Mm. And so it's uh, somewhat severe if you break those specific ones. Meanwhile, Chicago's like, the speed limit on the Kennedy is 50 miles an hour, but it's everyone is like well they can't catch all of us yeah and like it's reached the point where if you did drive the speed limit it's you, you're gonna, an asshole you're an asshole you're gonna you drive the speed limit. it's unsafe to drive the speed limit. oh yeah for sure i mean seriously it's just like the the it's just really old people who mm-hmm. obey that speed limit and that's because those speed limits haven't been changed since the time where you didn't want to go faster than 50 in your car because you had four different tires and your muffler was rusting out. And it would shake to pieces. It would like, shake to pieces. We just accepted the fact that cars were going to break every three years. And we just said, all right, GM, all right, Ford, I'm just going to buy another car after three years. Mm-hmm. And then all the imported cars started coming in, the Japanese and the German cars. And we were just like, these are fucking great. <laughs> Why don't we just drive these all the time? And then they're like, oh, shit, we got to make good cars now, son what? of a bitch actually i mean technically they were lemons at first those japanese cars yeah and same thing with hyundai hyundai's were lemons mm-hmm. they were terrible cars and then like i think sometime around like 2010 maybe about like 2008 i think like that 2008 sonata is what i'm imagining in my mind that yeah. was like the first oh this the thing... japanese ones have been good for a while yeah they like, have the japanese ones have been good for a long time but... it's funny because people say like oh honda's getting worse and you look in consumer reports and it's like by worse they mean that instead of two green arrows up for satisfactory it's just one mm-hmm. it's like this car isn't excellent it's just really good yeah exactly and then of course you got fiat with two red arrows down and all these because you know... fiats are like all image and no substance like it's one of those things like while they work they'll be a ton of fun and they're super cute i've, I've talked to a few girls like that all image no substance oh yeah while they work, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Gotta go out and find me a Fiat. Oh, yeah. And so, anyway, so, but then once it comes to any real substance, then it's not going to last as well. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a Japanese car guy for life. I'm definitely going to import, like, JDM vehicles. I'm going to drive Japanese cars. I've only ever owned Japanese cars. Date Japanese women. <laughs> what am I, John Lennon? I mean, you had the option. <laughs> oh man, if I had the option, I don't know. I think that'd be going that'd be going very far. And if I had the jet, ja- I'd have to get a different kind of car. Mm-hmm. If okay, Pete, if I get a Japanese girlfriend, I'm gonna go get like a German car. All right, you gotta like spread the love a little bit. It's also gotta be an image thing because when I meet her parents, it's gonna be like, oh shit, he's got a, he's got a, he's got somebody from the Daimler Group. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll be a smart car probably. <laughs> They, they used to make the smart roadster which i don't think they ever sold in the u.s but that i actually always kind of liked that thing it was like such like a less is more it was tiny it had like a tiny little like two-cylinder like motorcycle I, engine in it really that's unbelievable i know that the the regular smart is like a 1.3 liter four or something yeah I'd, it's like really bad it's, i was I'm joking not bad. when i said motorcycle engine but a very very small engine let's 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 look it up because like most performance-based engines like designed for maximum like performance will be right around half a liter per cylinder yeah for all the compression ratios you want yeah Um, like that that seems to be a pretty good sweet spot so your average wow okay so the current smart car is a 50 or a 61 horsepower engine (laughs) it's a three liter 
and it's electronically limited to 84 miles an hour for the driver's safety. I wouldn't go faster than 60 in a smart car. Oh, no. And I've driven in one before. They're super popular in Europe. They're everywhere in Europe. Like, that's like a brand. There's a rental company in Europe. I think you can do it on your phone. Only smart cars. And they're everywhere. They're, they have the, they're blue and white. They're the special print. Smart cars don't work in the U.S. because we're assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there was a smart car that uh, it was like it was like near here, like an uptown. And these kids pushed it over. Like, they tipped it over. They just rocked on it and then just... And then some dude walked out, you know, after getting his chihuahua back from the groomer or something. He's like, what the hell? You can't have smart cars in the U.S. In Europe, they'll be like, don't touch that. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's a real car. That's respectable. For, for Over there, you know, it's like... Well, over there, it's like an average-sized car. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, you know. Maybe they're just all packing huge dicks then. Because we got to compensate here. Yeah. I don't know, man. Gas is cheap and the roads are wide. I would I would rather drive in style. Let's appreciate what we have. There, let's appreciate our differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what makes the world interesting. And the fact that Fiat's are horrible cars. Fiat's are garbage. <laughs> oh man. But one of one of my dream like project cars is like I would love to get like a little like uh oh, I think a little like Fiat 124, I think it is. It's like the really small one. Yeah, like the tiny little like roadster one that like makes I- 100 horsepower on a good day i would have to ask him but i'm pretty sure that my dad had an orange 124 back in the day it was like it was like the family car like they saved up for it but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure he had one i gotta i gotta ask him i gotta see if i get some photos because those are those are wild those are always the best cars in like the any racing video game that yeah. you can modify your cars in like forza you mm-hmm. engine swap that with a modern like 1.6 liter with a turbo yeah and the thing has so much power on it and the wheels are you know the size of dinner plates that it's just and you just like it's just terrible it's 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 so much fun though it's uh it's hell on wheels and not to mention the fact that if you go fast enough the air rips the car off the ground yeah because aerodynamics were a mere suggestion the 90s were the worst with that like you got guys like with these buick regals going Mm -hmm. like a hundred down the road were we was it were you with me when you were walking to the train and there was a guy in like a fox body mustang just gunning it I don't think he that was, was going me, unfortunately. like maybe 115. It it looked very fast, like 60 miles an hour on a normal road. When you look back at it, it's like, oh, that's quick. This yeah. guy was screaming to the point where I couldn't tell if he was driving like a Fox body Mustang or like some other kind of boxy coupe from the 90s or 80s. It was unbelievable. And driving that kind of car, I would just think like, you're just gonna lift off the fucking ground. When I drive my truck faster than 100 miles an hour, I can feel it. You can feel it getting a bit light. I, I can feel it getting light. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. scary shit. That's why yeah. aerodynamics, man. Yeah, because in the 90s, like, we were just barely having, like, like we'd known that. Well, Lamborghini had that shit figured out. Well, like, the thing is, like, for Lamborghinis aren't, like, they're intense cars and they're fast. But, like, they're not necessarily good. They're, well, they're not reliable. Well, yeah, of, of course not. They're an Italian if, car. If, if you're buying any Italian car... Well, ma- I mean, ma- okay, technically they're German, I believe. Right. Well, I mean, the, okay, there's a few models of Alpha that are decent. Um, I know, like, the Julias are very popular. Um, yeah, you're starting to see Alphas in the U.S. again. Yeah, they have that Alpha SUV, and I've heard I've heard they're decently reliable um, mm-hmm. comparative to other Italian cars. That's the thing. They're about as reliable as a used Audi. Yeah. Which, you know... But Audi, as far as the Germans go, aren't, like, 
Actually, Audi's pretty good, I think, as far as the performance German cars go. BMWs are, aren't good right now. They've, Mercedes they've been lacking. good right now. In t- at least in terms of reliability. Not not in terms of them just being, like, exciting, good, fast cars. That's but, like, true. While P- Porsche, work- Porsche takes the cake oh, with, yeah. with the reliability and the performance. Yeah, my uncle has had, like, the same 911 for, I think, like, 10 years now. That's incredible. What is it, was it like, a 996? Or, like, a... I th- think a 996 i love the 996 people don't like it because of those headlights um, i think that it, it's one of the prettiest 911s because it looks a little different than all the 911s and you can get them dirt cheap they're appreciating slightly now yeah. um but like you can get a 996 911 carrera probably like 25 24 and you have a full 911 they have you have to fix this one thing it's called like the ims bearing the like intermediate shaft bearing that goes bad on those cars, and if it does, the whole engine dies. But it's like a $2,000 fix, and if you can already buy a Porsche for that money and the insurance for it, you should be able to afford the bearing. So, I don't know. That's like the steal of the century. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he's had it probably pushing 10 years now, and he's, like, he's changed the oil. Like, he's changed the fluids and, like, gotten new tires at a couple of points, and that's yeah. all he's had to do to it. Because it's, it's a tried and true design. And because, like, the 911, at least, like, <coughs> the more, the quote, more basic 911s, those fall into what I would still consider to be sports cars and not supercars. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think the, the 911 Turbo. The Turbos and stuff, and, like, the higher-end ones, like the GT3s, GT2s. I think the GT2 for sure is a supercar. That thing is hell on wheels. Oh, yeah. That thing, how much does it have, like, 600 horsepower? Oh, at least 650, 700. Unbelievable. At this point, Unbelievable. And you can just buy that. They'll just let you out of the dealership. You just walk in. Mm-hmm. If you have the money, just be like, I don't want to drive this thing. And you go kill yourself on a tree. Apparently, the most recent uh, G32 is actually m- moderately less terrifying <laughs> really? than every previous G32. I know, like, the 997 was it? Was that the one after the 996? They have a weird numbering because now we're on the 991, yeah. I believe. The 997 GT2 RS was like, that thing was uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. That thing like, was uncontrollable. If you're a professional driver who could tame it, it was the most like ridiculously fast thing you could buy. Like, what I read, like pushing like Lexus LFA Damn. levels of fast. Like, it's it, a half a million dollar car. Yeah. The, the GT2 is pushing that. Really? I think GT2 is a solid, probably $350,000, $400,000. That's crazy. Like, but, I could be wrong, but they're... They're pricey. We don't have to be right. Yeah. This is lab. But uh, but if you could control it, then it was the most just ridiculously fast thing you could have on wheels at that point, basically. Because they're race cars. They are race cars. You can buy so many race cars nowadays that are disguised. You know? Here's, here's the best example. The Kia Stinger. You'd have no idea looking on the street. Be like, that's a normal family sedan. That doesn't have a... It's a twin turbo V8, right? Yeah, no. Like, Holy shit. In like 10 years, that is going to be the tuner car. Mm-hmm. Even though it only comes in automatic, which kind of sucks um, in terms of just... Because people are going to wreck the transmission on it. Yeah. But like, people are going to be putting fat-ass turbos on that thing. It's rear-wheel drive. It's going to be insane. That's going to be... And it just looks like a normal... It just looks like if they turned the Kia Sorento into a sedan. Mm-hmm. And they just gave it huge power. And it's just Kia on it. What? That's the hamsters. That's the fucking hamster car brand. The, when they remember when the Kia Soul came out, it was all those dancing hamsters Oh, and shit. yeah. 
This is a twin turbo V8 in the hamster mobile. Are you kidding me? That shouldn't be allowed. That should be illegal. I don't know. I mean, that's good for them. They're the 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 Korean brands are starting to realize Hyundai and Kia. I believe they're owned. They're both like owned they're both by Hyundai. Korean. Yeah, um, they're starting to realize like, hey, we make good cars. Maybe mm-hmm. we should start making fun cars. The Genesis Coupe was like the first one. The yeah, Veloster like, is another good addition, I think. Like the Genesis Coupe was supposed to be more like less a fun car and more like their answer to like the BMW, like the lower end BMWs and Mercedes. That's interesting. Actually. Yeah, like that was kind of like its intended market. It was. Like your entrance into what could be considered a luxury vehicle. I uh, I drove a Genesis G30, no G50. It's the V6 turbo one. So they make a four cylinder turbo. I think it's the G60. Oh, the G80. That's the okay. one. Holy shit, dude! First of all, it's huge in there. Like you can swim. Like I was sitting in the back seat for yeah. part of the part of the drive, and then I got behind the wheel, and it's just, it's the kind of car that the gearing is done in such a way that. It's unlimited power. Like, it'll pull you until it hits the top speed, and then it just stops. Yeah. Like, I mean, insane. And the the, the traction system, this is a huge car, probably weighs 5,000 pounds. You're whipping it around like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable. Those cars, they have that shit figured out. I think they put the V8 or that V6 turbo in the new, like, SUV they made, too, the Palisade. Yeah. A huge thing. So, like, that's going to be a wild car. If you have that shit... You know, that's going to be like the new suburban mom car, the big SUV, if you have like 15 kids. Oh, yeah. Because and then all of them are going to drive that and they're going to get into trouble. They're going to get in trouble. That engine is ridiculous. Like, I actually don't like that trend that much because they're just going to be worse minivans. Yeah. Like, they're going to be less good at what, at their intended purpose because they're going to replace minivans. You're, you're seeing less minivans already. You're seeing. Oh, more no. Yeah. The, min- the minivan is dying. Like, people are buying trucks and SUVs. And. The minivan was great. Like, I, lo- I love minivans. I love a good minivan. Like, I drove a minivan all through high school. We fit, like, <laughs> 12 people in that bad boy one time. Like, it barely moved with those 12 people in it's there. Got about but, 250 horsepower probably at its disposal, if yeah, that. Yeah, it, which is a, a not, respectable. not respectable amount of horsepower. But with, like, assuming that, like, the average per- a bunch of high schoolers, average person in that car probably weighed, like, averaging out to like 130 or like 110 was it all guys no it was guys and girls so let's say high school people are still growing so let's say 110 pounds we got like you have it packed so you got what two in the front three in the middle three in the back so that's eight people yeah and then 800 pounds a few people on the floor holy shit yeah that's dude yeah exactly you're pushing a thousand pounds like minimum we added an extra thousand pounds so like i probably put my foot down like oh I, I noticed that I noticed that um, my old Honda Accord I had only like 150 horsepower, and um, I live with three guys in college, and we all load into the car, and they're big boys. I'm the smallest dude in the apartment. You know this, yeah. but this is more for the cast. Like this six seven, six four, six one, and like not just that they're that they're like big boys. They're they're, like- they're, they're 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 all of them are in very good shape. So these guys are all pushing. 200 pounds like minimum yeah yeah the the the, the smallest the smallest guy is pushing 200 pounds the biggest guy's pushing 220 and i'm driving around this honda and it's just like it, it's it's so hard especially because peoria is so hilly mm-hmm. that was the worst is i had to actually downshift in an automatic to be able to get up the hill it was unbelievable like it just it would not move so i had to remember every time to kind of put it back into third and like i know i mean every mechanic is like oh why would you do that it's like bro I was going to keep the car another year, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, 
that was that was that was it yeah but like at some point the car you want is the one that can fit a whole lot of people like that's the point of like the minivan it's an efficient way to carry a lot of people and like the suvs are just worse at it they might look marginally better and like be marginally cooler but like they're gonna stop being that as soon as gas gets more expensive minivans are gonna come back you're gonna get two liter turbo minivans that's Mm -hmm. what i'm that's what i'm uh that's gonna be the big thing minivans are huge in china the buick minivan yeah that exists Mm -hmm. it is a status symbol in china in America, you'd be like, what the fuck is on my driveway? What is that? A Buick minivan? People would be like, what is this shit? Yeah, so it's weird, like, what in a relatively short time has changed in my taste in cars. Because, like, when I first started getting interested in cars was, like, my early teens. Well, yeah, everyone's like, I want the, the R34 Paul Walker. I yeah. want um, a Chevelle. And I want mercilago and Mm -hmm. carrera gt yeah like all i could have possibly cared about like okay what is the smallest fastest car i can get lotus elise yeah exactly like that would have been like my perfect car like i was like i don't care (laughs) like i want it to be light i want to be listening to music on a bluetooth speaker sitting on the passenger seat that's barely there because there's no no because like no radio because i care about speed (laughs) but like then like at some point i realized like man no i have friends yeah like and it's nice to be able to like drive them places and like at some point obviously not for a while from when i first started caring like i'm gonna try to bring a girl into this car and okay we're gonna need some room to maneuver let's talk about how car sex is the worst thing it's not that great i I mean like there's no there's no situation where i'd be like "Mm." wish this was in a car you know what i mean exactly like, i mean well, if it's what you got to do i'm not going to be like i would not do it because we're in a car but i would always rather be like and i'm sure it's the same for her if i find a girl that's like it needs to be in a car I'm like what the hell like i guess it can be fun in like a quick like spur of the moment passionate type of way yeah in like the middle of nowhere dude yeah i can tell you how many times like actually how many times the police <laughs> have like just pulled up because there's a car parked and the windows are fogged and it's just like all right fucking hell you know yeah so yeah so like in that way and like i know people personally who are kind of into like the fear of getting caught like the exhibition point of it it's not i can't say it's specifically my thing but it's it's out there so like i mean hey it exists and I, i listen there's no there's no kink shaming so i guess i can like on like an almost academic level i can understand the appeal but it's i don't know if car sex has ever been referred to in an academic way it seems like something that's purely isolated from academia like on like a mental level like i can appreciate why some people would like it but it's (laughs) oh yeah people people are into crazy things people are into crazy things um like people are into things where like like if you think you're freaky Oh, wait till you meet some people. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's stuff. It's stuff that like uh, there's that one porn site that's got like all like the really fucked up videos. <laughs> what is it called? It's like e fucked or something like e-fucked. that. E fucked. Okay. Oh yeah. And got- I feel. I feel like at some point I will go onto this site. I will not. I will not do any. It's of not my like business ed. Too. It's like e f u c k d. It's oh, like some- e fucked. Yeah. Okay. It's like something like that. Okay. But uh, interesting. Yeah. There's some crazy ass shit out there and. I feel like people go their whole lives without even scratching the surface. Oh yeah, like of, I scratch of what they, of the what surface they, of what they do with people, or what they see on the internet, or what they read about, because some of that literotica shit is wild, dude. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, like, everybody read Fifty Shades of Grey. I started reading it just to see. Like, I was I've curious. not read it. I've, I feel like maybe I should to see what, what it is, but also at the same time, like, I don't know, I could read a book about anything Literally else. anything, anything else. else. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was curious, so I started reading it. <laughs> And like, yeah. no, I'll be, I'll be straight up. Didn't think it was that hot. Like, I got to like. You need a good imagination. I guess so, but like, I read a lot. Like, yeah, I read all the time. Like, I read more than I watch TV or like, play video games or anything. Like, what's wrong with you? I you read a read? lot of books. You read, and not jerking off and smoking pot like everyone else your age. Jeez. There's a good little bit of that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, like I'll read at least part of a book every day and like i can't say i jerk off or smoke pot every day <laughs> so so you i can't say you do twice a day i can't try 10 times <laughs> jesus fucking christ i remember one time when i was like a young teen i just decided to like see how many times i could get in everyone day. everyone's I, done that everyone's done that guys and girls have yeah. done that yes y- i yeah, and or if you haven't, do it. Try it at least yeah, once. It's good to know your limits, you know? Yes, like. it's good to know your limits. It's good to, like, you know, I, I believe that everyone should know what it feels like to be broken as a human being. And if you feel like you've had a pretty easy life, just try doing that, and you'll you'll get a small taste of, of like, how, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Best way to feel broken, I know I talk about this a lot, is be kicked in the liver liver shots yeah you're probably excited to get back to i'm excited to give i haven't i'm a pretty active uh kickboxer like i probably train yeah how minimum five often six days a week that's insane yeah i mean because it's the same price i could i go there as often as i want i pay monthly well there you go and so i've kind of figured it's a good deal to go as often as i can did you see anything in australia because i know they have some like wild like they have city kickboxing's in New Zealand. Yeah, city kickboxing is in Auckland, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, city kickboxing, by the way, for people listening, is uh, it's Israel Adesanya, Dan Hooker, and Alexander Volkanovsky, and uh, uh, many other people. Those are just Kai Car France. What was the Eugene's the coach? I forget his name, but I know his Eugene, Eugene Spielman. Yeah, he's like a really yeah. famous kickboxer, and it's in New Zealand, and it's just a wild kickboxing gym. They and have, like they in have, this past year, twenty twenty, no, twenty nineteen, gym of the year for sure they've they have two new champions this year yeah that's unbelievable and dan hooker who's looking good contenders is he a featherweight or 155 he's he started featherweight which is shocking because he's enormous he's like six six one i think that's like he's yeah yeah no hooker's enormous like i don't i think he's a very solidly sized lightweight because he's he's decently lanky so yeah. I don't think he's out of place at lightweight. I wouldn't say he's too big or oversized for it, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's wild. But it's shocking that he made featherweight. I mean, there's the one. What's his name? Chase. Uh, Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper. He's fucking huge. He's like 20 years old, 19, something like that. He's 20 because he. He's yeah. huge. He's like six two, six one. But like he's. Lanky. He's really lanky. You can like, tell. He's a he's a boy. He's a boy. Yeah. He's when young. he when he mans up, it's gonna be like Darren Till. He's not gonna be able to keep that weight. He's gonna have to go up. No, no way. He's gonna man up really soon. About that, it's that age. It's your early twenties where guys really start to man up and like mm-hmm. you really like you can build muscle in high school. Like you see these football players and like those guys who look like they're adults. Not everyone's LeBron James, but even LeBron James manned up like a little bit in his early twenties. Like you could see the difference from when he got drafted to when he was like on the Heat. And yeah. He was just like fucking just ripped the steroids help 
I mean, the NBA does random drug testing. So I was, I mean, he is the, he is the premier player in the NBA. Like he's literally just the best. I'm not saying LeBron James does steroids, but he probably does. I would just like, you look at him and it's like, but maybe like, he's not like so jacked that I think he would need it. I think he could do that naturally because he looked that way. When he was he 17. Could look, he could do that naturally, but not training as a basketball player. I mean, that's true. But like, like your favorite he, professional athlete does steroids. Most likely. Statistically. Not Max Holloway. That man is genuine. I, I wouldn't be surprised about anybody. Wow. I like, mean, okay. because I don't blame them. I think they probably should. Because first off, most of their competition is TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, like exactly like either I, that or they're Cuban, like Yol Romero. Well, Yol just, Romero just also does monsters. a bunch of steroids. Yeah, that guy is. But, Jesus Christ! Yeah, like he is definitely juiced. LeBron is like you look at LeBron and Yol Romero together, and you're like, one of these guys is juicing the other one of these guys, if possible. Like LeBron lifts weights and stuff like decently. Like, like it's just. Just the fact that I'm not a professional athlete. Wow. Shockingly enough. I'll put that in the description. Pete Manos is not a professional athlete. I'm a very active amateur athlete. Like, I'm planning on having, hopefully, my first kickboxing match sometime in the near future. When is it? No, it's not planned. Like, it's just, I want to start. Do you know know if it's going to be, because I'll be back this summer. It Potentially wouldn't be until the summer. I like to. I like. I like to go see that. It'd be weird. I put some money on the other guy mm-hmm. and poison you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I would. I would probably, depending how long I have before it, I might try to make one forty-five. One forty-five. You gotta do like a test weight cut or something. What are you? What are you walking around now? Like one sixty? Right around one sixty right now. And okay, the so thing is, is I am actively trying to get bigger right now. I'm. You need more muscle to be able to cut more weight. That's the other y- thing. Like. Yeah, it makes sense up to a certain point. Like, you can cut weight from muscle, not from bone or anything like that. So 145, though. How are you going to cut 15 pounds? You've you can like cut a... 15 pounds of water. And, like, I got some fat. Holy I got a bit shit. of fat to lose right now. Yeah, but, like... Not a lot. I mean, you can see my abs pretty well right now. Not to brag, but just to give you an idea. I've seen them. I mean, you guys won't be able to because you're probably driving your car or, like, I don't know, on your commute. But... Like, just to give you an idea of, like, my relative leanness, like, I don't, I couldn't give you a specific body fat percentage right now, but, like, they're... I have a skin caliper in here. Oh, dude. <laughs> no. Okay. That's, you know what? That's something we should get for this lab. I think we should take everyone's BMI one day. Or yeah. I'll take every guest's BMI. This will mm-hmm. be an entirely, we'll just shame people. We'll just body shame people. That's the format of the show. Yeah, but, but just to provide an idea of how lean I am, like, I probably have five pounds of fat to lose. Okay, so you have without being like, and then water weight from the ridiculously, muscle. and then ten pounds of water weight's not that crazy. But if we keep, but that would be crazy for like an amateur fight. I was gonna say fifteen pounds, like in the UFC. I think like there's some featherweights walking around at one sixty. Like I think I believe Max Holloway says he walks around about like one sixty. I think Max Holloway's like maybe in like the one sixty five range. Yeah, Max Holloway's big because he's tall. He's he's about my height, fighting at one forty five. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm. Physically, I would say probably larger than Max Holloway. Yeah, he's because he's five eleven with a short reach. So yeah, he, he's he, got he relatively would, narrow he, shoulders. He, he would look a lot more like me. Yeah, yeah. So my like probably are... if we were standing two silhouettes next to each other, you'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, and we're wearing hats or something because you could probably tell from hair. But yeah, but like, 
like you if you didn't already know like what he looked like if you didn't have a good idea then it would probably be similar and yeah so like i'm just physically a bit larger than him so i mean you could just fight at 155 I, like the guy you're going up against probably won't be cutting 15 yeah. pounds yeah exactly like the one thing that worries me is like the next champion is currently an amateur and who knows maybe the next champion could be me but hey man i mean or or uh lennon i could see it being lennon i don't know if lennon's lennon's not ufc tier yet but lennon's very very good Didn't he, he said he got an offer like a one fc or something or something like that he like he's gotten offers to be like sparring partners at gyms got it okay. with like ufc guys well that'll probably be after he uh after he's out of the army which is in about a year okay so hey i mean that's the start he's only he's only 21 yeah he's 21 he's only 21 yeah wow. so yeah lennon is very very good yeah um this is our this is our buddy um lennon fabian he is a um he's currently in the military but he's a hand-to-hand combat instructor or something he's yeah. a sergeant his technical job in the military is field artillery <laughs> so he's on a yeah, 105 yeah. millimeter piece yeah. I believe right now at least but he uh he spars frequently he's he's he fights with, a lot he's fought he's fought with i mean he fought we were when we were kids we've known him for like 15 years man yeah, long time he's uh yeah he fought with a lot of people when we were younger yeah he's sparred with a few like legit guys like he met McGregor. max holloway yeah that's awesome like he, he a, sparred with mcgregor right yeah, he sparred with mcgregor it lasted he, like six seconds which is i mean that's almost as much as jose aldo so that's pretty fucking good but he's, <laughs> he apparently was able i don't know if this is a bit more old school, okay. but if anybody remembers Tim Kennedy, who was in the UFC, yeah, and uh, he fought him, Damn. like he sparred him, but like heavily, he doesn't really screw around with sparring. Apparently, oh, yeah. he was able to take him down. And Tim Kennedy's enormous, yeah, and big guy. My buddy fights at one forty-five. Yeah, Lennon is uh, was he five nine, five five nine or five ten, something like that. Five five ten. He's at the really same time, lanky, really lanky, pretty long arms, so that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that'll be exciting, yeah, for anyone wanting to maybe see, because, like you said, the next champ is an amateur right now, so mm-hmm. you, Lennon, a bunch of these guys who are fighting, you never know. Yeah, yeah like, that's so encouraging, too, yeah. for people who aren't quite there yet. You got guys like Francis and Ganu who were, like, literally working in a fucking sand mine, mm-hmm. and now they're, you know, he's a multimillionaire, he's just, like, the nicest guy. Yeah, yeah, so, I would say if I was able to, like, dedicate the time and like just i would be like probably a good enough athlete to be a professional kickboxer like just hey impurely like just being that's, able that's that's a bold statement dude you still gotta fight what if you get your shit knocked i mean in? and that that is the thing like what i'm talking about is purely intuition like well i mean you, you've you you've like done knowing wrestling. how well i'm able to like right? move my body like knowing how like strong i am like okay knowing how fast i am I don't, I'm not saying I could ever be a champion, but you could like, get, you could get to the point where you were winning some matches. Like and, I could win some fights. Well, hey, go and win some fights. I'm so, a, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I'll 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 be in your corner. I'll be I'll be like what's Ronda Rousey's coach? He's the guy who just says bullshit. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be what that. Is, what is his name? It's like Ed something. I, think. I don't know. Apparently he was uh he's coaching someone else and he was giving like really good feedback in like the most recent fight. People were like, okay, he leveled up. He he heard the haters. Yeah. But, uh, like, I kick pretty hard. Like, I hit pretty hard, and I'm decently fast. Like, which go. can take you places. Like, like to depending. Jail. Yeah, yeah, mostly that. Oh, man. So, who, who you got? 
on Saturday. Cowboy McGregor. Okay, the smart money's got to be on McGregor. Like, yeah. Cowboy is probably, like, I don't know exactly how to put this, but Cowboy is probably one of the best people who it's not just a enormous skill mismatch that's still a very winnable fight for McGregor. Okay, I see what you mean. Like, it's the closest fight they could make while also making while it a feeder fight. While being pretty confident that McGregor's yeah. going to win. Because <coughs> Cowboy's not incredibly defensively sound. Okay. Like, he's got decent defense. He's improved, definitely. But, like, his defense isn't overly complex. <coughs> he's not that good against high pressure. And McGregor's not a very, like... You think of people like Habib. Yeah. In terms of pressure, but... Well, Khabib but, is a perfect mismatch for McGregor. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I mean, a perfect mismatch. And But, like, there's different types of pressure. Like, McGregor is a very pressuring fighter. But, like, it's because, like, he pressures in a different way. Like, if you look, McGregor stands at a very strange range. He's got, like, that karate stance. It's, yeah, like, very he's, wide. He's got that wide stance. And, like, the range he stands at is like very strange he's very good at cage cutting like mcgregor is glued to the center of the cage you're right and so your back is always to the fence against mcgregor unless you're somebody like habib who can just physically just fucking move take you forward. down yeah yeah so give me location but yeah th- dude he's a scary motherfucker yeah <laughs> both of them are all of them are every ufc mm-hmm. fighter man woman even fucking uh uh brendan schaub is a scary motherfucker he's like, a big boy he's, brendan- he's just an auxiliary to the ufc <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Schaub was a. No, I'm not gonna say he was a good fighter. Yeah, but he's a big fucking dude. He had some legit wins. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not gonna say Brendan Schaub was never gonna be the UFC champion. Okay. But he's better than like the memes would make him seem. Like Brendan Schaub There's has a, a winning record in the UFC, I believe. Most people do. Just James Vick. James Vick still technically has a winning record. The fact that James Vick has a winning record is kind of like, damn, what does that really mean? James Vick is also one of those guys whose chin has deserted him. Yeah, Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Though Overeem took some good shots from Rosenstrike before Uh, that. I don't think Alistair was out against Rosenstrike. Dude, that was was a crazy I mean, don't get me wrong. That was crazy. I don't know if the fight was wrong to be stopped. Because his lip went flying into the audience. Yeah. But, which that's, was. That's the most gruesome injury I've ever seen. I thought. And um, I've seen, like, there's. Uh, what was it? In college basketball. I think it was a Louisville player. His shin literally snapped and came out of the skin of his leg. Yeah. Like, just. Ugh, terrible Mike Perry's shit. nose was pretty rough this year, too. That was bad. Diaz's face get cut, cuts up every time, but that's not as bad. Alistair's. And you know what? Like, a few days. Like, not a few. Like, a few weeks later, it was, like, healed. Yeah, like, the skin heals a lot faster. So, like, the skin had healed over, which happens pretty quickly. But, yeah. like, the underlying... If you hit him, if you brushed his lip, it would go right back open. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like... He ne- he needs to take some time off. Yeah. But, like, stuff like that. Like, your face gets cut relatively easily, but it also I, heals... I, cu- I cut my face today. I was moving a ficus. <laughs> and uh, we were moving the shipping dolly. And I, like, it's like the, there's, like, a metal piece cut it yeah it happens super easily yeah exactly so but it also heals pretty fast but then the problem is if you get scar tissue yeah built up then the scar tissue cuts much easier that's why like nick diaz like 
both the Diaz brothers, like, but especially Nate. Like, Nate gets cut in, like, the same spot over his eye. Yeah. Like, every single fight. Yeah, Nate Diaz has the, the spot above his eye. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's scar tissue. And not that, like, those cuts <laughs> don't count because cuts are awful and they're annoying. And, like, yeah. they get, then blood gets into your eye. and Yeah, and they, they, they change the pace of the fight. It's, like, interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Back to McGregor Cerrone, I just feel – I've been – I've been watching some Connor stuff. I've been looking into some Connor stuff, just interviews, his coaches, people around him, other analysts. He cut out the bullshit. He's not doing this. Like he's sure he's still got this proper number twelve, but he's not going to be throwing dollies at buses. He's not going to be doing this bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. He says he's like, I'm 31. I'm going to come back. I'm going to fucking get Khabib's belt because there's no way he's beating Usman. There's no Usman is a fucking monster like if masvidal mcgregor happens you're going to see why there's weight classes yeah like i i'm not counting out mcgregor at welterweight immediately i think cowboy is also a relatively small welterweight he is that's the thing is it's sort of like connor's first introduction to welterweight is nice because he's fought guys like nate diaz who are welterweights at 155 right he fought nate diaz at welterweight but he wasn't like a welterweight he wasn't sized for welterweight. He just didn't cut. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah I, like, I think that's what he's doing this time, too. He looks huge, though. He looks huge. But what I'm saying is, like, he cut out the bullshit. Like, he doesn't have to worry about weight cuts. He's not going to do all this Floyd Mayweather, like, you know, drama bullshit. Have you noticed that? There hasn't been a lot of McGregor antics. I just got back. I wasn't paying attention to it, Dude, really. there's, like, there's been, like, it's been quiet, like, scarily quiet, like, to the point they were interviewing him. And they asked him, like, for the college football championship. They're like, uh, both teams are Tigers, LSU and Clemson. Which Tiger do you got? And he just goes like, ha, 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 I wish both teams a good game. And afterwards, he goes like, I don't fucking know the teams. Like, you know, an old Connor would be like, I don't fucking care. Like, he would have, like, yelled. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, something clicked in his head. And he, I think he realized he's like, listen, I could stop fighting right now if I wanted to. There's a reason I'm back. Because mm-hmm. I want to fuck up Khabib. Yeah. I want to get my belt back. And I want to try in a new weight class. Yeah, I I don't think there's a planet in which Connor beats Usman. Because no, Usman He's is a big boy. up Usman. there among probably the single best athletes Dude, in the sport. Usman on his uh on his Instagram story, he was playing like the UFC game and he like did a match between him and McGregor and just was like fucking or maybe it was like him and Khabib and he was just like pinning him down on the ground. He was like playing the game. It was just like these two guys, he was just beating him in the game. And it was so funny. It's just Usman being like, this is just a simulation, dude. I'll do this shit to you in real life. Yeah. And, like, Usman can't even run. Like, his knees are so fucked up, and he's still the champ. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's unbelievable. Yeah, because, first off, Usman is it's big. just huge, first off. Like, Usman could easily beat a not incredibly small middleweight. Usman's enormous. Too bad Adesanya's just so big. Yeah. Usman doesn't, Adesanya doesn't weigh that much for a middleweight, though. But he's tall. That's he the is thing. very tall, very long. And he'd be able to, uh, I think, strike Usman. He's got so much reach. So. I think so. I think Adesanya. But Usman Till, I mean, that fight has got to happen. Hasn't it already happened? Usman Till? No. No. That would Till's be a great fight. Ha- only had. Usman oh. Romero, you know what I mean? Like these like the big boys. Like Usman could still do it. Mm-hmm. He could do it. Yeah. Usman Romero would actually be, a, in my opinion, a really interesting one. Yeah. I mean, Adesanya Romero coming up. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't. I still don't think it's technically officially been made. Uh, Adesanya said it's going to happen, but yeah. like we don't have like a date for it from the UFC. Yeah, there's a lot of talk. Um, there's probably a lot of bureaucracy too, and where they where they want to do the fight because I'm sure Adesanya wants to do it in like 
I think if it was up to Adesanya, he'd probably do it in New Zealand or Nigeria. Ooh, has there been a U? Has there been a UFC in Nigeria? Like Lagos? Maybe? Don't think so. That would be awesome to see if like you could do an Usman title defense and an Adesanya title defense. That would be a that card would just oh man. That would be really wild. And they've got like they've got their like football stadiums over there, mm-hmm. you know. So they've I think they've definitely got venues. It's like the second largest metro area in the world, I think, or city in the world. Like Lagos is huge. Maybe not second. I believe it's at least in the top five. Yeah, so that would probably be like the perfect world for them. And like that would be really amazing to see. Yeah, but hopefully there'll be a a lot of really good talent coming out of the various African countries. I mean, obviously we oh, have yeah. two, at the very least, Nigerian-born champions. So that's incredible. Okay, Lagos is the fourth largest city. You have Chong, Chongjing. Chong, I'm pretty sure it's the... Um, it's probably the name of the Pearl River Delta area um, in China. That's the biggest one. Shanghai, Beijing, and then Lagos. So yeah fourth largest city it's got 21 million people jesus christ that's unbelievable yeah there's a whole ton of african talent you got in kanu rosenstrike um rosenstrike's not african i thought he was from uh senegal no he's from i think suriname oh Rosen, you, then you might be right yeah okay he's from suriname i was wrong which is in South America. South America, yeah. yeah for, um, for, for for the people keeping track at home. Also, I believe Jermaine Durandamy, who just fought Amanda Nunes, is of half. She's Dutch and I think something else. Because Suriname was a Dutch colony. And oh, so I okay. believe she's of like half Suriname. Yeah, she doesn't look like 100% Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, there's so much cool stuff going on in the UFC nowadays. Mm-hmm. We got... Habib, Tony, I think Habib's going to take it. Habib, I think he's just going to be on a tear, and he's going to retire as the greatest fighter of all time. He's just so... To be the greatest, does he have to win in another weight class? Is that some requirement that we have just because GSP? Overall, like it would depend on which way he did it. Because like GSP, like what makes GSP so impressive is he cleaned out. An entire weight class. Holloway almost did, but Volkanovski's really fucking good. Yeah, I don't want to see a rematch. rematch. I don't think there needs to be. I'm a huge Holloway fan, but Holloway's the kind of guy where he still is like the champ without the belt. He's just such a nice guy. But Volkanovski is like, he's the champ. He earned it. He's a great fighter. Yeah, I mean, Volkanovski had two fairly dominant. He had a dominant win over Aldo. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. And on... I would say he didn't look as dominant over Max, but like it, it was just impressive. Like he had an incredibly disciplined fight against Max. Like he, oh yeah, one like one one of the best ways like to fight somebody is to make it hard for them to do what they do best. And so Max yeah. is an incredibly violent fighter. Like Max is a very like technical brawler. So if you let max find his rhythm and like if you brawl with max you're gonna have a really bad time because he's just gonna be better at it than you but volk just was incredibly technical he beat up his rear leg and max is one of the better fighters at switching stances yeah he's a a switch fighter so but he definitely does his 
as I said during the fight, he does his best work out of orthodox. Mm. Like most most of his advantage is from southpaw come from switching stances mid combination, and then it comes from other directions than you're expecting. And you have Volk just refused to play Max's game, and that I think is what really wanted because you could see like a couple of times like I think it was. I mean, towards the end, it was a it was a close fight at the end of the day. At the end even, of the even day, even though Vol- Volk did win it fair and square, and I don't think there's any like it's not like one of those Romero Whitakers where it's like, come on, it was wrong. Yeah. Um. However, that Aldo Marias fight was. Aldo, I thought Aldo, Aldo won, won that, but Marias was coming back. They're both great fighters, so yeah. I don't know. It was good entertainment, really. But yeah, I thought Aldo won. Same. I think so as well. But yeah. Yeah. it wasn't like the worst robbery <laughs> I've seen. No. But What's the uh there's been there've been some uh, there's there was, been a couple robberies recently. So yeah, there was a really bad robbery recently. Um it wasn't anything I think on like it wasn't a main event. Um I've got to think about it. There's other interesting fights on this card too. Pettis uh um I don't what's even What's his name? Fajera or some Fajeja? I I forget. Oh, uh Diego Fajeda. Fajeda, that's it. I'm sorry. Wait, I gotta look it up now. Actually, yeah, Pettis Fajeda, and then you've got Pennington Holm, which is a, that's a good fight. Mm-hmm. That's a good fight. Um, yeah, uh, it's weird because Holly Holm is always she's been very quiet. Like no one really knows. Like they've been covering Pennington and interviewing her, but Holly Holm has kind of been just in the dark. Yeah, um, we got Claudia Gedalia against Alexa Grasso. That's I've, a good one. That's I like Grasso a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I th- I'm. She's she's lacking a bit of aggression in mm. my opinion because like she her last fight who was her last fight against it was uh, so, um was it that Bra- it's a brazilian chick i think um wasn't she on the holloway edgar card right or am i no wait wait i'm carla esparza yeah like a cu- there was one time she had Carlos Esparza. Well, first off, it was shocked that Carlos Esparza didn't tap to that armbar because that's <sighs> got some dude, just tough fucking people in the sport. Yeah, but uh, but like there was one time specifically she had Carlos Esparza. She's one of the better boxers in women's MMA. Like just pure like hands, which what? isn't surprising. Her coming from Mexico, which is yeah, Mexico, m- m- the boxing capital of the world. Yeah. Arguably. Andy Ruiz, uh, who else? Canelo, he's Mexican. Yeah, Canelo's Mexican. Yes, Canelo's Mexican. I mean, Gastelum's got hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, it's not that shocking her coming from Mexico, but For sure. Yeah, so I like her a lot. I would. I'm interested to see her future. Can never forget her for beating uh, Carolina. <laughs> nah, I can. I can forgive her. Listen, like I love. Because I, I, I love, everybody's I, beating Carolina recently. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. But also, I mean, it looks like Carolina. She's like ready to. She's ready to kind of move on to the next stage of her career. It, it really does seem like that she you know, like she wants to have kids and all this stuff. Where, she, whereas JJ, she still wants the fucking Carolina's belt. got a fight coming up. Does she? Yeah. Her last fight was so – it was the one in on the Chicago card. Oh, yeah. And it was just – it was rough to watch. It was rough to watch, dude. But oh, yeah. J- yeah, JJ, it was against Alexa Grasso. Dude, JJ just fucked up uh, Watterson so bad she broke her own foot kicking her. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, JJ's. Yeah, which, honestly, we all knew was going to happen. Like there was no yeah the uh, yeah the odds. I mean, Watterson, she's a good fighter, but and Jay Chick is just. We got a uh, Wei Li 
versus Whaley versus JJ. JJ, which I'm really excited. You're gonna, for. you're gonna, you're gonna have Whaley in that fight, are you? I'm a really big Whaley fan, but I'm gonna have to go JJ just because she's she's top team, right? Yeah, well. yeah, she's top team and she's Polish, and I like I like seeing her regain her former glory. Whaley, I think, might be doing her camp with Duke Rufus though. Damn. Which is a really good sign, like that. Her she's going to like a very, very legitimate camp. So I'm very excited for that fight because like, Whaley's such a tank. I don't know if she's gonna. She's a big girl. Oh my god, she's like she's, she's ripped. Yeah, she's, she's ripped. She could she could like just walk into your yard and tear your dog in half. She could just pick it up and <laughs> that's it. Yeah, done. And she's also decently technical. Whaley comes from a Sanda background. What is uh, Which Sanda? is Chinese kickboxing. Okay, it's like called Sanda or Sanshao. Okay. And uh, it's like kickboxing based on Wushu. Okay, okay. I th- I believe. I'm I'm not clear on the exact lineage. And it's somewhat Muay Thai-esque. So she's bringing kind of a style we haven't really seen in the UFC. Well, Whaley right now is mostly Muay Thai. Okay. So, I mean, it's like, Shevchenko. Anyone who's kind of... Uh, yeah, like there's a decent amount. Uh, Peter Yan trains out of Tiger Muay Thai, which I expect to see that that be gym of the year or something. No, I wouldn't say gym of the year, but I expect. I mean, a lot of the uh, city kickboxing guys will do part of their camp at Tiger Muay Thai. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like Volk does part of his camps. I think often there. Okay. Um, Plus, Thailand is just its paradise. I mean, okay, New Zealand is like. Yeah. It's like picturesque you know that's why they film so many movies there but come on if you could if you new could, zealand if you, isn't warm yeah yeah if you could train and hone your craft in thailand you know what i mean long day of kicking walls with your shins and you can go to like you know just some nice ass beach and just get some incredible food oh god mm. yeah like active rest day go swimming ah oh, shit that'd be the awesome thing is all the thai gyms are outdoors like, basically, like, most of the Thai gyms are covered, but, like, exposed on, like, the side, so they have a roof, but no walls. Oh, that's beautiful, too. Is there a downside of that? If there's, this, like, monsoon it's season. It's so hot <laughs> in Thailand. Like, where I was just diving is Cairns. This is in North Australia. Which is in Northern Australia, which is a rainforest. I couldn't imagine training there. Like, yeah. it's about as close to the equator as Thailand is, I believe. Okay. And I gotta get a map in here. I fucking love maps, and there's not a single map in this studio. There's literal a fucking political campaign sign in a Topo Chico box. <laughs> Sorry, and off topic. I couldn't imagine training outside in You're that sweating type of weather. A lot. Like I was sweating <clears throat> walking around. You'd never get sick, dude. All the pathogens in your body, just all those fucking evil Australian jungle spiders, you'd be kicking the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. You get malaria and shit. You're sweating it all out. All I got it. a tick while I was there. Yeah. And, what um, the fuck? That's, got, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, ticks in Australia and in the area of Australia I was in when I got it. Uh, there's some ticks that can cause paralysis. Well, uh, it seems like you're okay. What, and granted, like, I noticed it was on like my ankle. I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" I was like, "Wait, guys, we got, we got to pull over." It, it like it like bit into your yeah, ankle. Yeah, there's blood coming up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me see here. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, there's a little pink mark on my ankle. It's like Damn. healed, but yeah. uh, I know like because 
I've seen every time I've gotten a tick, I've caught it because they kind of climb up your leg to somewhere warm and they mm -hmm. bite. So I've like caught them on the way up my leg and then you just kind of. I've had a number of ticks. Like <laughs> I'm very outdoorsy. Yeah. So I've had ticks a bunch of times. Well, I mean, there's ticks like you go to fucking like you just leave. You go to Wisconsin. There's ticks. I've gotten ticks in illinois like in like the forest preserves i was riding my bike around here and i got a tick once like was i with you and we went uh we went cycling in the forest preserve my brakes didn't work yeah and i fucking that's the scariest shit like um so we had a car where the brakes like didn't work and like that's one thing mm -hmm. but when you're on a bicycle you feel so vulnerable like okay car brakes not working sure there's no airbag is on a bike and you're going like downhill 30 something miles an hour and there's just like that was bizarre. I just remember I used my shoes mm -hmm. as brakes, and then I kind of just jumped off the damn thing. That was weird. Mm -hmm. You feel powerless. You yeah. feel totally powerless. I had a bit of a rough time with the critters in Australia. I got stung by probably a jellyfish. I didn't see it happen. You, uh, you, what do you, you pee? You pee on the. You pee on your sting, right? That's you don't pee on any variety of jellyfish stings. That's a myth. Where does that come from? I think it came from friends. Fuck that the, show! Not only does that show suck, it spreads lies. I I think they talked about it in like an episode, but but no, you do not pee on a jellyfish sting. You pour vinegar on it. Now, what if I pee vinegar? Then you're good. I wouldn't say I'm good, but I might survive the sting. <laughs> but but most stings, um, there's two really t dangerous types of jellyfish in Australia. Thankfully, I. That wasn't what stung me. I don't know what stung me. I didn't see it. Like a Portuguese man of war. No, there's uh, the box jellyfish, which are big, and then okay. the ikurangi, which are about, which are <laughs> tiny. Like you can't see. Fuck em. that. Fuck that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Nah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But thankfully, mm -hmm. they. We were out on the reef. We were out like a three-hour boat ride. Wait, stung you like through your wetsuit? How how did that? No, happen? it. I wasn't wearing gloves. Stupidly. So we weren't wearing wetsuits because it's warm enough that you don't need them. We were wearing what's Ooh, called a beautiful. stinger suit, okay, which is made of lycra. So it doesn't. Fishnets. Yeah, <laughs> looking hot, looking looking extra extra fucking. Mm. Mm -hmm. But uh, rhinestones in the oh, process. Yeah. But yeah, it's made of lycra, <laughs> and basically it's it's called a stinger suit. It's to protect you against stings. Well, it didn't do its job. Well, because it has like almost like imagine like footies except for your hands, like attached like mittens. Almost that I didn't wear. Yeah, you you don't want you don't want mittens when you're diving underwater. Yeah, yeah, b just because they annoyed me, so I just didn't wear them, which I should have because I don't know. At one point, I guess I was just moving my arm through the water and I batted a jellyfish or something because I had a sting on my finger, Damn. and it's it was uh, I honestly didn't really notice at first. Like it kind of it started swelling and it hurt a bit. Yeah, but. It's like a mosquito bite, probably. It's just like you get it, and then later you're like, ah. I mean, I could tell, like, it was quicker than a mosquito bite. Okay. Because, like, it did hurt. Just mm -hmm. not, it wasn't, like, debilitating. This is the second time I've been stung by a jellyfish. Okay. I'm, I'm not lucky. First time was also diving, or was that yep. just swimming? Yep, diving. Damn. I mean, I guess that's part of the risk, dude. You're out there with, like, nurse sharks. Well, nurse sharks are, like, the friendly sharks. Are they? What, yeah. are, what are, like, the tiger sharks? Is tiger sharks and bull sharks are the ones I would be... You know what? Some scary motherfuckers, thrasher sharks. Thre I they love have a thrasher whip sharks. for a fucking tail. I think they're so cool. That's hard. They're super rare, though. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever seen one when you're diving or no? No. No. no but you've seen other kinds of sharks, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, so one really cool thing I did, this was the first time I ever did a night dive. 
oh, that sounds terrifying. Oh, my God. And so we were out on the reef. That's an incredible moment. And, like, I looked out into, like, the dark water. You have, like, a diving flashlight. I was just like, hmm. Well, this certainly looks like something. But I was just like, man, no, what? I'm going to do it. So it, this was a lead dive. What is So, like, they dive? had uh, one of the dive instructors. Oh, I thought boat. you meant, like, the element. No, lead. no. I thought you had, like, no, lead dive. We had, like, like somebody who knew what to do, like, where to go leading us on this dive. I would and hope there's usually at least one of those people. No, most of the dives we did weren't. Well, you know, I've at least someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, like, if you wanted to. Like, there were, there were classes going on, like, people learning to dive on the boat too can you imagine learning in the great barrier reef that'd be a good place i learned how to dive in a quarry (laughs) was was that here was that in illinois yeah yeah it was kankakee kankakee ah tropical paradise let me tell you it was so cold there is a combo kfc taco bell in kankakee i always go to um i always go to every time i'm driving to and from peoria because i'm doing that drive so frequently that i i have my specific stops odell illinois for gas but uh yeah it's late for you still combating that jet lag yeah well right now it feels it feels like 12 50 p.m right now it is currently so you're just, 7 50 so you're just a lazy fuck that's it uh, no i just i didn't <laughs> sleep much last night and i'm recovering from all like the flights uh, and jellyfish things sorry um so your night dive so basically you jump into the water and like it's it's brighter than you would think because the moon was bright it's full and moon. The, yeah, like actually just about a full moon. So kinda, the, that's kind of eerie. So the moon was bright. And like they have lights shining down from the boat so you can find the boat on your way back. Mm. So it's less dark than you would necessarily think. But you also have a flashlight. And your vision's not even close to as good. But one thing I don't know if many people know is that sharks' eyes glow green. Oh, in that's... In light. I mean, I'm terrified and impressed. Yeah. And so... Like, the first animal I saw was a shark. <laughs> Get like, the fuck out of here. I'd be I'm, like, nope, I'm going back up. Sorry, sorry. It wasn't a big one, but, like... Was it, like, a normal shark that just happened to be out at night, or was it, like, a nocturnal shark? No, sharks often hunt at night. Oh, interesting. And huh. I also... Again, so, like, I was diving with my brother, so I tapped my brother, who I was closest with, and, like, you hold your hand, like, straight up to your forehead, like a fin. That's, like, the sign for shark. Oh my god. Yeah, like yeah. there's signs for different animals. Like what's the sign for like we're fucked colossal squid? Is it just like I don't know that specific one. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of hand signals cuz obviously you can't talk. Okay. And but as we were swimming down, we were following a rope down to like because the boat had to be moored so it didn't drift off, so we were following the mooring line down to like some sunk cement blocks. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we followed that down to for, to where to start the dive. And I swear I saw a bigger shark, like, right at the edge of my flashlight. Like, like how, it, how big are we talking? I don't know. Like, I only saw it, like, just a tiny bit. But, man, I swear that was a bigger shark. What kind of uh, – are there, there's, 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 like, bull sharks. There's bull sharks there. out there, and I think tiger sharks, too. And I don't know if I saw one. But and it could have been a nurse shark because we were in a reef? Yeah, we were in a reef. So okay. mostly what we saw were uh, black-tipped reef sharks, which are relatively small. Oh, yeah. They're, like, what, like – five feet long maybe four or five feet maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. but like i swear there was a bigger shark i'm saying I this as if i've been diving but I, I i was like as a kid i had this like manual mm-hmm. it was like a marine biology book and it just had like all the measurements all of the habitats genus species and i would just i would read that and repeat but yeah so um 
yeah so i swear i saw a bigger shark i might not have but like i might have just been creeped out but like one time when we were at the bottom like since the one weird thing to get used to in diving is like the three-dimensional aspect of it mm-hmm. like the fact that there could be like someone or something like above you just kind of or, or below you and somebody like i was like looking down like at the floor and like i like moved my flashlight off to the side and i just saw like somebody like swim oh, right like underneath me out of the corner of my eye and there was like a person but like i just saw a dark shape swim under me and i like damn near shit myself how the fuck do you control your breathing in a situation where it's nighttime and there's sharks and like people because like you can see and like by controlling your breathing it's not like you don't rise up and down rapidly okay so it's not like that sensitive yeah it's not like super sensitive but like you can definitely you control like the overall trend okay of your uh level via your breathing did Uh, you um I know you said you were going to see some of those, like, uh, bioluminescent creatures yep. that come up. Did that happen? Yeah, like, not that well, but at the bottom, like, we would, we all put our flashlights to, like, our chests to block the beam. Because, uh-huh. like, you had to, like, hold down to turn them off and stuff, so it just wasn't worth it. So we'd hold them to our chest. Mm-hmm. And if you waved your arm, like, through the water, like, just, like, a couple spots of it. And, like, what I've done is on the surface, I've swam, like, like I went kayaking and this was in grand cayman and there's a bay they're called dinoflagellates that's what like the bi- the bioluminescent like plankton or whatever are and like that was incredible like it looked like glowing like bubbles tracing your hand as you moved it through the water that's so, so cool. that was really incredible how how wild is that uh, like this is what i'm saying like humans we have some cool shit like we have iphones and stuff and medicine but we can't glow we yeah. can't fly we can't our eyes don't glow green most mm-hmm. of the time right so that's it's just so incredible we have so much to learn about our planet still like one really cool thing you can do during night dives is you got to be careful where you shine your light because there a lot of fish hunt at night so like there were like tuna and stuff like out around more at night like hunting tuna are fucking huge like these weren't like big like open water tuna these were smaller ones but um and so you had to be careful where you shine your light because if you shine your light on like some cute little clownfish, yoink, a t- like some something's gonna come along and just just grab it. That's well, like imagine you know, well okay, a child would not go on a night dive, but you know what I mean. She's like, oh daddy, look, that's it. But what we were okay to do is like there's a bunch of like tiny little like schooling like bait fish. And <laughs> and so like there's basically said like you can go and like shine your light on one of those and like target it. So it's basically like you know how like missiles in movies and like also in real life they like yeah. have like a laser targeter that oh they'll shine. You could do God. that with your flashlight with fish. This dude's trying to get back to his fish wife, and you're just like some <laughs> asshole with a flashlight. It's just like you know what? Fuck this guy. It's some big ass tuna, some black tip shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah just eats it right yeah, up yeah so i only did it once just because i felt bad but i wanted i wanted to try it so hey man i mean think about here's what i used to like kill spiders all the time if i saw i kill it mm-hmm. i've learned to love spiders yeah you know maybe not like the big 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 ones but like daddy long legs i put those on my plants mm-hmm. like because i had i've had more than a few bug infestations especially on the plants even right here in the slab and i would just i would grab some spiders in my apartment, put them in a cup, and I would just whip them. I would just, like, whip out of the cup, just start dumping them onto the plant. And if there's that, that false cigarro, 
that, mm-hmm. that one that's about two feet tall, the cactus. It's got, if you look closely, we can shine a light on it later. In between all of the thorns, it's a neatly woven web on yeah. like almost every thorn. It's super cool. And they keep the bugs off the plants. Like spiders are awesome. Yeah. They're like the the equalizers of the insect world. And honestly, just kind of the world, they operate like that. Yeah. And then there's Pete with his flashlight. Targeting them. Jeez. Well, but unfortunately, we had to cut the dive trip short because this hasn't actually made the news yet, I don't think, at the time of recording. But uh, here, let me check real quick just so I can Holy shit. be sure. Good news, whatever. Doesn't look like it's made the news. Okay. So a guy on our boat died. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, so like the one of the guys there, he was diving with his daughter. And we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he came up to the surface and seemed like he was struggling, then went face down into the water and they had to go out on a boat and bring him back. And I saw them bring him back on the boat, and he was dead already at that point. Oh, my God. Like, his face was gray, and his tongue was sticking out. Oh, my God. And... Was he, like, an inexperienced diver? No, he was a decently experienced diver. How does that happen? Is it just... So, what we think happened, I think he probably felt like he was starting to have a heart attack underwater and came to the surface, and then it got bad, and he went face down. Because... How old was he? I would say 60, maybe. 60s, damn. Like, I would say maybe early 60s. Holy shit. So he had like an adult daughter, like a teenager maybe. I think she was twenty. Okay. Oh, jeez, that's and it doesn't make it any less bad. Wow. And so, like I said, I could I saw them bring him back on the boat and he was dead. But I mean, basically standard process in that is they broke out the AED and performed chest compressions and CPR until the helicopter with the paramedics and a doctor came. Damn. So I helped. Like, I'm CPR trained and certified and first aid certified and everything, but like, there was nothing I would be able to do to help. We had a couple of nurses yeah. on board diving, so they went and helped out, and I'm sure at least one of the staff was, like, a licensed EMT or something along Jeez. those lines. You were, like, I, living with these people on the boat, right? Yeah, I mean, we Jeez. like, that was, like, this was the second day. Holy moly. And that's, that sets the, that sets a tone. Yeah, and so then... I can tell this is difficult they, uh, for you to say, too. Yeah, this is wild. So they performed CPR for about 50 minutes. It took until the helicopter arrived. And then, yeah, the paramedics and I believe a doctor was there, too. Uh, they had to rope down. The helicopter couldn't land. So they had to rope down onto the boat. And, yeah, then they just they called it there. That's crazy. Yeah. This Was this during the night dive? No, this was during... This was during... The plan was we were going to be there for three days, two nights. Right. So the first day we did four dives. Second day we did four. Last day we did three. Like, well, that was the plan. Last day we were going to do three. So this was on the third dive of the second day. So our seventh dive. And they were the last people to get back. That's crazy. And, yeah, and I mean, basically, like, until, like, something hits the news or if they release anything about the autopsy yeah like oh that's God. all we're gonna 
That's crazy, too, because especially in Australia, you know, with the fires, you never know who's going to go. And probably this guy was like, well, I'm just going diving with my daughter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, he's in his 60s. But he, if he's a guy diving in his 60s, he's probably like, dude, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, shit. So, yeah, anyway, that was, like, overall, it was an amazing trip. Right. But that one day was really, really shit. Because then we had, like, so they didn't take his body off the boat what yeah like we what the fuck because like they would have had to literally like winch it up to a helicopter oh actually yeah so like 180 pounds yeah Uh, exactly so i don't know how big he was but you know he he wasn't a small guy he wasn't like incredibly overweight or anything was he he australian or was he no he lived in america but he was hungarian oh wow okay so he's just he's like this immigrant badass yeah 60 year old scuba diver yeah and so I think it would have just been considered too unsafe to, like, the people on the helicopter to try winching his... Mm. Like, I'm sure if they'd felt there was a chance to, like, save him, they would have airlifted him off back to shore, but they obviously didn't feel that way, so... DOA, kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically. Like... What what day of the trip was this? Was this early on? Like, like a total of your two weeks. So... this This was last Friday. Jesus fuck. So man. this would have been like wow. nine or ten days into the trip. Man, diving is that's crazy. Because like the thing is, historically diving's very safe. Uh, like diving's design, like recreational diving is designed from the ground up to be very very safe. But you're doing like night dives and stuff. I feel night like dives aren't really significantly more dangerous. Are, okay, to me they sound way more dangerous. They're that's not why. especially like you tend to be more conservative with your air on night dives. Is it physically exhausting to dive? Like it's, if, if you're if you're doing four a day, is it like you you're know, tired? Like okay, we didn't like hang out late like into the night. But it's probably like after. like like I'm doing half dome at Yosemite or something. Like, this is like exhaustive. You know, you're on the boat, you're diving every day. I would. It's not incredibly exhausting but like you're ready for bed like you're definitely it feels like you've had a long day of like exercise i wouldn't necessarily say at least to me it's more tiring than like doing like a day of hiking okay so it is it's it's similar to that yeah Yeah, like so it's not implausible that something catastrophic could happen as a result of exhaustion yeah like like i said i don't i wouldn't want to like actually speculate right on what the root cause was right because all that stuff needs to be done like by professionals yeah yeah but we so we just started motoring back that night because we had the body on board yeah you can't and can't be just diving the next day with this guy yeah exactly so like it's a we were about three hours out the city from the city of cairns which is where most of the great barrier reef stuff leaves from mm-hmm. and yeah we started motoring back like basically after they secured the body in whatever way they did they asked us to all go to our rooms just out of respect yeah for sure but yeah so we uh and we even had the option like they gave us the option before they started back they they recorded like they asked us like okay where do you guys want to be dropped off Mm -hmm. after that so we just stayed in like a backpackers hostel okay it's it's a very unique situation yeah yeah because like we got back to shore at like 10 or i'm sure you met some interesting people at hostels every time i go to a hostel i meet someone with some fucking wild story or just like well the guy we were sharing our room with was a different guy from the boat ah, like, yeah because okay. like basically so it, like, it's the same crowd okay yeah like because like 
there were a decent amount of people like 31 people was well who started how big was this boat it's a decent sized boat okay okay like two people to a room how how like long is the boat i couldn't give you exact measurements like i could look it up i'm sure okay okay but like decently sized like it had like a kitchen and like stuff so like i mean i've been on some small boats with kitchens (laughs) like no like there was a it was a decently big boat okay cool 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 and so okay so Keynes was the beginning, and then you spent New Year's in Sydney. Well, so we flew in, right? No, we we started in Sydney. Okay. okay we spent okay. about a week in Sydney because we arrived New Year's Eve. That's whew. yeah. That's interesting. We spent a bit more than a week in Sydney. I think eight nights. Okay. We went up to Cairns, and in Cairns we spent four nights. Okay. Because you were you had had enough of the jungle. Wait no, how, wait how many nights? So wait, we I don't were, know why you're asking me. I no, wasn't, I'm, I'm I wasn't on this expedition. Just you and your brothers, right? Yeah, me and my brothers. Okay, cool. Then they're all divers. Yeah. Okay. So all you three. Jeez. Yeah. So um, we spent four or five nights in Cairns, and then where we, the main goal was to go diving, but there's also a tropical rainforest right outside. So you Cairns, can go hiking so. and get fucking eaten by. paralysis ticks yep that's actually what they call them they call them paralysis ticks jesus fucking christ (laughs) yeah that's why england sent all their criminals there and then they didn't know that the criminals were going to be badass and they're going to fight off all the bugs and then the people already living there what Mm -hmm. what was the it was the original they're called they call them aboriginals but they often refer to them as as like the yeah original owners of original the land owners or the original the stewards of the land stewards of the land i really like that it's done in a very respectful way uh yeah. but yeah those guys were fighting off bugs you know the women crushing them with rocks and fucking fire and you know boomerangs yeah. boomerangs are awesome that's like unique to that part of the world right yeah and like actual, no one else thought to do that Nobody actual else. boomerangs don't really return to you like <laughs> like like it's a weighted throwing stick to like kill like a small game it's it's a hunting tool yeah 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 Yeah, so it's weighted to kill small game so it's not like one of those like plastic like i had like a plastic yellow boomerang as a kid you could just whip it and it would come straight back around and chop up your legs dude i got the worst cut in my life ever like just didn't stop bleeding was right on the patella i got hit by a boomerang to this day that knee clicks yeah, so it, they're not like that. They're first off, they're pretty big, but yeah, like it's, it's for hunting. Are they heavy? Yeah, decently heavy. So you just like it's like a big dude just whipping this and striking. Like what? What? What do they hunt with it? Like what small game? I. So I ate kangaroo while they were there, so I'm sure they could kill some small kangaroos with those. What like, does, what does kangaroo taste like? It doesn't taste like anything else. The consistency is closest to beef. Like it's a red meat. It's a red meat. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're muscular muscular creatures. Yeah, so the consistency, I would say, is closest to beef, but it kind of tastes like its own thing. Like, it's a bit gamier than beef, like a bit mealier, almost. But Game is a weird taste to explain. Yeah. Because it's just, like, it tastes smelly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, that's... (laughs) Yeah, so it was, like, a little bit gamier than beef, Mm -hmm. but it tasted good. Like, it didn't, like, blow my mind or anything. It's not like I'm back here and I'm like, oh, man. I gotta get me some kangaroo. <laughs> like I need it. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy. Bison? You had bison? Yeah, bison's delicious. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. So I had kangaroo and I tried crocodile. 
I've had uh, alligator, not crocodile. I wasn't that impressed with it. It's gummy. It's it, like very chewy. That's yeah, what I found. It, it was kind of chewy. Not. It was about. It was between chicken and pork in texture. Mm-hmm. I would say closer to pork. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the. My brother got it, and I just tried a piece. You just tried a piece, yeah. Yeah, I didn't order it, but um. Yeah, I tried a piece, and like, it wasn't. It didn't taste like that much. It was kind of yeah. bland. Yeah. So I wouldn't go out of my way to have it again. You know, dude, fucking mm, last week, I went to Fogo de Chao. You know. We also, we went to a... You went to a Brazilian steakhouse? So it was an Australian barbecue to, in, like, inspired by oh, a Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, that sounds... Uh, that was where I had the kangaroo. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it was, like, unlimited. They just kept bringing yeah. you shit, and then yeah, the place somebody was said... called Bushfire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which was a bit of a but i mean that's what did they make a joke about it or something it, I, feel, I feel like australians like even when there's terrible shit going on they have a good sense of humor they didn't specifically make a joke out of it okay but uh yeah it was really good they had a, a pork that i really really liked it was like yeah. a pork with like a chili plum glaze holy moly and my mouth is watering it was so good yeah and they had like the cheesy bread Oh, they uh, every state every like all you can eat steakhouse like that has that bread yeah. that just it's fills like you. Pau up. de queijo, I think. Pau de queijo, because in Portuguese I believe you pronounce the J's. Uh yeah, because Jose Aldo. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's pau de queijo. Like R's or H's, but only when they're in names. Yeah. So yeah, it's, like it's not Poyser, like Hickson yeah, it's not of... it's not Rio de Janeiro. It's Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna learn to make that cheesy bread because you can just inject that shit straight into my veins. Yeah, I love that shit so much. Incredible. Yeah, dude. Um, I gotta I gotta show you something. I got this habanero sauce, Ooh. and it is incredible. I was I was sick the last week, and I was really like, my sinuses were just totally clogged, and I was like, all right, I gotta do something. So I made soup with spicy sesame oil. Ooh. And I just took spoonfuls of this habanero sauce. And it's like three ingredients. It's like habanero, carrots, and water. And it's that's all it is. And just blend it up. When you have some, you're just like, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's expensive, though. I forget exactly where I got I think it's called King Habanero or something like that. It's, it's a very simple name. Yeah, we definitely have to try some later. I literally everything. I, I made chicken. I put it on. Uh, I made some quesadillas today. I put that on there. So, yeah, unbelievable. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, sounds like a hell of an adventure, though. Yeah, overall, really good food in Australia. Pretty good sushi. Relatively cheap. Oh, I'm sure. Sydney was kind of expensive, but not that crazy expensive. Really? Yeah, like, because in Australia, first off, like, the Australian dollar is currently, like, 69 cents to the U.S. Like, the U.S. dollar, like, one Australian dollar costs 69 cents. Okay, that's pretty strong. Which is about as strong as it has been, so we picked a good time to go nice and overall like sydney is an expensive city like just straight up but if you add like if you convert like to u.s dollar and add like an equivalent to like chicago sales tax sure which is like 10 percent, 11 i think now but yeah. yeah you're right you're in the right ballpark yeah ballpark 10 percent. like yeah. it's not that crazy okay well, you also got to d- figure out how much money people are making there too. Mm-hmm. But one thing, yeah, that I learned that Sydney's one of like the first places I've ever visited that like 
I visited other places that were like nice, but like Sydney was like, man, I want to move to Sydney. Is it clean? It is very clean. That's that's nice. Clean cities are very sass. Minneapolis, very mm. clean city. I really like Minneapolis. Yeah, so like I actively want to like move to Sydney now. Hey, go for it, man. Eat but kangaroo and sushi and night diving with sharks. That sounds like that sounds like the move. Open up your open up your gym there, mm-hmm. kickboxing. Yeah. City kickboxing too. Listen, Pete, nothing's stopping you. City I'd city kickboxing too. Call it suburb kickboxing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, actually. Suburban kickboxing. Outskirts kickboxing. It's just right next door. Yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah. Also, Australians are legally required to get, like, six weeks of vacation per year. See, it's it's Americans and the Japanese. We work ourselves to death. Yeah. But also, we've invented some cool shit. Also, I don't know what I would do with six weeks of vacation per year. Just jack off and smoke pot. Yep, I mean. <laughs> Twice a day, every day. Try three times. Three but, times. But... Yeah, overall, that pretty much wraps up. Yeah. Wraps up Australia. Overall, fantastic trip. I love Sydney. Sydney was beautiful. Um, I love the diving that we did. I'm going to go diving again. Yeah, no, like, I feel like, you know, despite w- what happened, you know, it's like, like that dude would probably be like, you guys should keep going. If he's doing it when he's 60, he's he loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, no, that's. That's basically that's about it, Pete. Pretty good summary. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on the pilot episode of the Slab. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, um, you're probably one of the most interesting people we will get on here for a while. Um, we'll see, though. I we I've got some interesting people um, planned in store in the queue, but this has been it's been a real pleasure and uh, glad to have had you on. Um, and everyone else in the audience, stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the Slab. Um, they won't be released regularly, so just check uh, RSS feed or follow the podcast on whatever app you have, whether it's Overcast or Podcast or Google Play, and yeah, keep in touch with us. Um, also, the podcasts are available on currently. We're going to be have them on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, um, and on SoundCloud it's going to be the Slab, um, Google Play. Um, there's a Slab YouTube channel as well. Well, I will be uploading the um, audio, and eventually we'll be setting up cameras, so there will be um, a video portion. Um, and you can also eventually, I believe, Spotify, but not currently. So, um, But do check out YouTube, SoundCloud, um, Google Play, Podcasts, and Overcast. And that is all for the slab. I bid thee farewell. Till next time.